who has spent a long lifetime working in seniors, well, no, all areas of activism, from seniors to children. And um, she told us many, many stories, um, right from trying to talk school boards into not building snow hills with snow removal in front of elementary school, right up until seniors issues, which occupy most of her time now. She's um, worried, she worries about the disadvantaged, the uh, racialized, she works, worries about the homeless, and she brings considerable energy to all of these problems. And we had a great talk with her. Bronya and I, Kathy, are in conversation today with Ruth Peltier, who has spent most of her life working for and with seniors and the less fortunate. Um, so let's get started here. And with the obvious question of how did you start so many years ago being a seniors activist? Well, I think most people who know me from when I was a teenager and young woman in my 20s uh, are shocked. They don't believe it's the same person. I arrived from a small village uh, near Lachoux called Brownsburg. We had one traffic light and uh, was raised very protectively. And uh, when I came to Montreal, I got involved with University Settlement uh, near St. Urban, and they had a newspaper called Up to the Neck. And I started writing articles because I was this shy, mousy person. And um, the next thing I knew, they had me uh, presenting to the Senate Committee on Poverty as the spokesperson for the group. And I was so afraid that they had a Lady Doris Powers from the Just Society in Toronto come and live with me for four days to teach me the ropes. Uh, so I did that presentation. Next thing I knew, I was involved with GAMAP, Greater Montreal Anti-Poverty Coordinating Committee, doing sit-ins in welfare offices and demonstrations, which were legal. We had permits and we didn't block traffic. Uh, and we were fighting to make sure that welfare families and individuals were getting fair treatment. Because back in those days, you could be a mother with three children living in Saint Laurent and a similar mother uh, situation, mother with three children living in NDG, depending on your welfare officer, one could be getting $75 a month and another one 125. So we stabilized and uh, came up with standards and that went on for a number of years. And uh, one thing led to another, consumer advocacy uh, and seniors and uh, fighting for snow removal. So children weren't getting killed in front of school, sliding down, as hills of snow, and uh, I, I'm here today still doing the same thing. <laughs> I was going to ask you, <laughs> here's what, how do you find the energy to do this for 60 years? Well, uh, <laughs> believe it or not, in the good days, I was very fast and very active, very mobile, <laughs> slowing down quite a bit these years. 
but I always, uh, I came out of my shell and I always enjoyed it. And I got as much back from what I was able to accomplish working with other volunteers. Uh, and some of it was professional jobs as well. Uh, and I thoroughly enjoy people of all incomes, of all varieties, sorts, and uh, want to make a difference. And uh, I, it's something I, I thrive on. So I guess I do fairly well in it. Yeah. Um, we seem to be heading into a, a bit of a, I don't know how to call it, tug of war between French and English again in Quebec. And um, how do you see uh, the services for Anglophones? Are they better than they were like 30 years ago? Or Well, I have a, a big concern because uh, you may be aware that I was involved with Alliance Quebec from 87 to 1999. And, uh, you know, we did a lot of negotiating and a lot of sensitizing with the, all levels of the provincial government to the needs of the English-speaking minority in, in Quebec. And it was a slow, hard process, but we had won some gains. And we even did lobby day when they invoked the notwithstanding clause, and they all promised that never again would they ever invoke the notwithstanding clause, which is not the case. Uh, we had the de de decals in the merchants' businesses, uh, F and E, uh, which meant that the merchant could serve you in French or English. I think the English community has made great strides in becoming bilingual. Our children and grandchildren are fluently bilingual. And I'm not just talking about spoken French. I'm talking about written French and can work in French. Uh, and things had seemed to stabilize. And I was feeling actually quite good about things. And, you know, you went into a place of business, it was bonjour, hi. And I thought, what a nice gesture, because they're showing that they can go in either language. And the days that I was more with it, let's say, I would speak my French. It's not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. And if I was having a day where it wasn't rolling, for lack of a better term, I would speak in English and had no problem. And then all of a sudden, we got hit with this criticism of the uh, bonjour high. And uh, I'm afraid we didn't get any support in the National Assembly on that. They fell right into that trap. Uh, and that became an issue. And then now with the current government, we got Bill 96, and we have reverted back who it's impacting on our kids, our CJEP students, uh, funding and expansion of uh, CJEP's universities. Uh, now I hear that uh, eligibility for to prove you belong in English schooling uh, is becoming uh, tougher. Um, and it's just given another level of anxiety and worry and needless nonsense on top of seniors and what they're dealing with. And my big concern, and I think all seniors, is healthcare, legal services, but healthcare. If, and, and healthcare for all age brackets. If you're in a serious accident, if you've had a stroke, if you have mental health issues, if you're from a cultural community, 
you need to be able to explain what you're going through and what understand what's being told to you to do in your own language, regardless what that language is. That's why the Montreal Children's has a list of translators a mile long so that kiddies and families understand what's being said to them. Yeah. So, so I'm not happy about it. I know, and it is a, <clears throat> it's an issue with seniors is I know myself, I'm I'm losing my French, my fluency. And as my hearing goes, um, I I um, have greater trouble understanding French. Well, yes, and even, you know, just the beginnings of dementia, you're already starting to lose things. And yeah. when it comes to health, and we also have to remember that the English-speaking seniors are extremely more vulnerable than, um, uh, you know, English seniors in another province. A lot of our adult children have left the province mm -hmm. uh, for employment reasons, uh, political scene back in the day. Uh, so, you know, as their support networks, their families and their friends become ill or pass away or move away, they're extremely fragile and vulnerable. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, switching topics just a bit. Um, coming out of COVID and lockdown and everything, um, in your work, are you finding um, troubles transitioning back into in-person activities? Are people reluctant to come out? Uh, do you have? I would say that there's two sides to that coin. You have some seniors who really resented uh, the protocols and the restrictions. And those were ones that were living in autonomous seniors' apartments, per se, uh, where they were accustomed to coming and going and uh, going out for a walk and doing their own messages where they were drastically restricted for their own safety. I'm not faulting any of the protocols. Uh, but they really felt that they had become prisoners. Uh, so those ones are ready to go. <laughs> so open the door and let me out of here. Uh, but you have others who have mobility issues, have some health issues, uh, who are very concerned because what they see and hear is that a lot of people are taking what they feel is needless chances. They're in big crowds, they're close to each other, and they're not uh, wearing a, you know, a mask. They, they feel that the mask restriction was removed uh, too fast and too completely. Um, they will go out carefully, they will see family and they're, they're happy for that. Uh, but there's that caution and that worry behind and they also see that an, a good percentage of people have done no more than two vaccines where they've done the boosters and the fifth va vaccine. And then now we have all, you know, the flu, the influenza flu and uh, the other lung issue. So there's concern. Uh, the saving grace was the Zoom and being able to connect. A lot of organizations have carefully opened their doors so people can go for social activities, they can go for presentations, 
And uh, we're seeing more and more people gradually uh, start to go back into it. But there is an element out there that are still anxious. Yeah. And, and a lot of us changed our lifestyle, too, to adapt. And then it's kind of hard to... Uh to uh, go back to that old way. <laughs> well, it's no longer just take the, the purse and the, the keys and go out the door, right? You yes. think and you analyze, where am I going? Who's going to be there? Are these people responsible people? Is there going to be a big crowd, you know, in the restaurant or wherever I'm going? Mm -hmm. uh, so people think, or a yeah. lot of seniors think about these things before they even go out the door. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you have any thoughts you'd like to share about um, the uh, long-term care uh, disaster? Um, I have a personal concern that people are not remembering. And uh, you, You've nailed it. I have a big concern. When we were first hit with COVID, it was new. Nobody knew how to deal with it. That's all that was on the news, and, and rightfully so. We have to be informed. Um, there, so there was that anxiety level. There was the change in our lifestyle. That hit us. Uh, <clears throat> we couldn't see family and friends. So that, that was another level of anxiety. And then we see on the news the horrific situation in the long-term care residences the lack of staff, the staff prepared to walk out the door and just leave people without food, without drink, without any kind of care whatsoever. Uh, I, I personally feel that they should have been charged. If a parent was to do that to a child, they would be up for neglect. Uh, you, you can't cope anymore. I understand where you know they're stretched to the limit. I have a granddaughter and a daughter who are nurses. Uh, you're stretched beyond the, the, the means of uh, being able to function. You call the media, you call the local police. You say, the situation here is dire. We are all ready to walk out. You better send somebody, you better come and cover it. So that at least people weren't sitting there in the mess and, and dying for two days. Okay. So the standards and the accreditation has to be drastically improved. I fear like you, like when I was sitting here at home and watching this, I thought, oh boy, if I was in better shape and didn't have some health concerns, I would be out marching and, and, and have the megaphone. Uh, but I couldn't do that. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm very concerned that it's all going to be swept under the carpet. Mm -hmm. uh, but if I have anything to, to say about it, and <laughs> I certainly am on the provincial uh, liberal um, with Greg Kelly on his seniors committee, I'm on with my MPs, uh, seniors council, and every chance I can get, I'm saying you cannot forget this. This mm -hmm. cannot be just hidden. Um, so, and, and, and it caused a lot of worry for seniors. And I think when this happened, society as a whole began to look at seniors slightly different because this could have been a mother, this could have been an aunt, this could have been a grandparent. This could be them in 15 years, you know? So we better start addressing what kind of standards and norms. And I think we need national standards, you yes, know? Yes. And I quite agree with the, the government of the day, federally, who says, we're not just gonna dump 
healthcare transfer payments over to you. You're going to be accountable. You're going to tell us what you're going to use it for. And it's not just money that's needed. The whole thing needs to be revamped from the directors down. We're very bureaucratic. Yes. Yeah. Can't not nimble. There, there's no word nimble in their vocabulary. No, and I mean, they can pay all the lip service that they want, but, uh, you know, actions speak much louder than their words. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so right now we are entering into a period of inflation. Where is that going to take us? I mean, to me, it's a train wreck for seniors on fixed incomes. Well, on the overall view... I look, and this is not a new problem. This is a problem that started probably in the late 70s, uh, where for whatever reason, there seemed to be all of a sudden a lack of long-term planning and prioritizing at all levels of government. Uh, so we are always playing catch up. And we have serious crisis now with housing, with poverty, uh, with healthcare services, adaptee transport services, mental health services for seniors. Uh, so it's on, so the list is long. The challenges are many. Now, our pensions. People seem to forget that people who are receiving a pension, if they're in their 80s, and especially if they're ladies, they probably didn't work outside of the home. <laughs> we got to make that clarification. They stayed at home. They took care of the house. They didn't have all the appliances that you have today to make life easy and, and faster. Uh, they took care of their in-laws as they got old and sick. They took care of their parents as they got old and sick. They stayed at home. There weren't the residences. There weren't the gatherings and daycares. So they raised their families. Uh, so they don't have a Quebec or a provincial pension. They have strictly the old age pension. Now, some people may say, well, they've got a home and that's their investment. Well, their homes, they probably paid seven, ten thousand dollars $10,000 when they were bought. They're paid for, yes. If they've kept that home, yes, good. They'll get some money for it. Um, they may have had a life insurance because a lot of times the uh, partner has passed away before them but it would be a very small life insurance policy. Uh, so they're always trying to play catch up. Now we have a guaranteed annual income supplement. If you know about it, and if you apply for it, uh, you can get up to about $1,000 a month added on to your pension. Now there's restrictions on that. Uh, you're not allowed to work. So I'm a mature person. I can work. I can either do computer work. I could go out two, three days a week and do work. I have some expertise. Uh, there could be a, retire, a retired accountant. There could be a retired bookkeeper, secretary, willing to donate some time, but also needs a bit of pocket money. They make more than $5,000 a year. They're, they lose their uh, guaranteed annual income supplement. So it's no incentive to go out and stay involved and stay active. And this money that they do make, they pay taxes on it. So they're contributing. 
they're also staying involved, staying active, and they're seeing people, and they're meeting people, and they're moving around. And they're also contributing to society. People are looking for workers. I'm suggesting that they need to increase that limit to like $10,000, $15,000. It does not cost the government a cent because the government is not adding anything to it. The government's making the tax money. You want to go down south for two, three weeks in the winter. You need a new winter coat, new winter boots. Oh, my fridge is dying on me. You've got some cash to go and do it. You need you need dentures. You need eyeglasses. You need hearing aids. Uh, you know, so you've got some money. You're not relying on society all the time. So that's one thing that they could be doing. The price of food is is be beyond reason. Now, grant you, we got the nice ten percent increase. But that we were already behind. So, you know, what does that give us? It may help with a, an extra prescription that you have to get. So, so in my humble opinion, the government has got to seriously look at giving us an adequate uh, living, uh, can, you know, amount of money per month uh, for all seniors. Now, the seniors who have huge investments in that, that's a different story. They have a structure already where they do the clawback. Uh, but I'm talking the seniors. We have seniors that are living under $20,000 a year. Uh, and a lot of them. And that is nothing with the cost of rent, the cost of food, more medications being required. Um, it, the, I don't need to say much more about it. We're behind. Yeah. We're behind. We're well behind. Yes. Yes. I, I <clears throat> was going to ask you to blue sky that if you got to run the zoo, what would you do? But I think you pretty much answered that, haven't you? That, um, but you know, it's not just seniors, it's future seniors because we have so many young people working on what they call the gig economy of a job here, job there, and no pensions and, uh, so you may as well solve this problem now. Well, and the demographics are only going to increase. You know, the next seven years, half the population will be seniors unless we have a great influx of uh, uh, new arrivals. Uh, so, yes, we got serious housing issues. We don't have adequate housing for students, for low-income families, for seniors. Uh, we have uh, the cost of living, which is insane. Uh, there's talk now that we need more uh, daycare spots. Uh, we need more workers. There is something seriously wrong where businesses are saying they cannot get people who will apply for jobs. Uh, what happened? I mean, I, I came to the city and I knew I had to work. And if I couldn't find what was the ideal job, I took whatever I could find to pay the rent and put the food uh, on the table. Uh, so we've got a, 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 something we've got to really look at. Our health care, of course, uh, adapt day transport services like that. Uh, a lot of companies are having trouble to find the drivers. They're a special driver. They've got to be physically fit if somebody's in a wheelchair uh but they've also got to be very patient and very kind because it's not just normal for seniors to be tired and a little bit cranky and slow some of them they haven't slept they're in chronic pain they have health issues and they may look very healthy on the outside 
but for the excuse, well, it's normal, they're old, you know, expect it. Sorry, there's things that need to be addressed. Um, so we do have some uh, big issues. And then one that I think is not being addressed is mental health of seniors. Yeah. We hear of our young people, which is drastic. We hear of the midlife crisis and the postpartum uh, depressions, but seniors suffer with anxiety and depression. They're lonely, they have health issues, they see their body and their general health deteriorating and changing. So they've got to try to mentally adapt to that. They see what's going on in the world and it's not the same as what it was, you know, even 15 years ago, there's more crime, there's more violence. Uh, we've got worries about wars. We've got worries about inflation. We've got worries about climate change. Uh, you know, and we worry about the political scene because it seems to be getting more and more anti-government and more aggressive and extreme right wing. Um, so seniors, if they're shut in and they're not participating and they haven't got the money to join a membership of an organization, to travel to the, uh, they got mobility issues to get to the place, they're going to become isolated and all they're going to do is rehash and rehash and think about all the negative things rather than getting a break and going out and enjoying life. And that anxiety and depression can turn to very serious things. It can turn to over-medicating, uh, drinking, start off with, oh, I'm going to have a glass of wine, you know, five o'clock, uh, five o'clock somewhere. And it's not just a Friday night and a Saturday night. It suddenly becomes Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Then it becomes uh, throughout the week. And then, oh, well, you know, not just five o'clock. I'll have one with my lunch. And it snowballs. And I know someone personally that that happened to and still functioned, basically. But it was definitely others are doing extreme shopping online uh, and it's a self-gratification. Uh, and then all of a sudden they're in a crisis financially with the credit cards and the interest rates. Um, others, it's gambling. Yeah. We, you know, I know of a case, I don't know the person, but I know of the case uh, in the Utaway area where the lady had such a gambling issue that the husband was not aware. This was before COVID, in fairness. Uh, and she was going out every day. And as far as he knew, she was involved in seeing her friends and that. And she was in one of those video things at a local bar and just gambling away that she was at the point of losing the home. <laughs> you know, so there's these things that need to be addressed. And I know the government is leaning very strongly, and there are advantages to it, to doing this medical consulting by telephone. Uh, and it has its advantages. If you're elderly, you have mobility issues, vision issues, hearing issues, whatever, nobody to go with you, uh, it might be a good thing to be able to deal with your doctor on the phone, and especially in bad weather. But it cannot replace having the opportunity to get into a specialist if it's a refer you're referred and you need it, and also to see your gen general physician, your family doctor, on <clears throat> at least an annual basis, because there's nothing better than face to face. 
you can hide so much by talking on the phone and sounding very upbeat. Um, so, you know, I, I tell I tell certain ministers that the concept is good, but it cannot replace, uh, you know, the face-to-face. -face. Yeah. And also, if you have a situation lately and you phone your doctor's office, it's a machine. And they're working from home, not the doctors necessarily working from home, but the secretaries are working from home and the nurses are working from home or they're in clinics or whatever. Get a call back. It's almost impossible. You could wait a week. Yes. yes. So uh, I, I really want the government, you know, we got aging in, in place and we got all kinds of money that was transferred from federal government to the provincial governments to help with mental health and to help with aging in place and for housing. And they were to be earmarked and it's to be a recording and accountability uh, of how it was spent. And we have in philosophy and in thinking all kinds of beautiful programs and services. We don't have the people working in the organizations to provide the services. So we're caught. So there's a lot that needs to be fixed. Yeah. But it's moving, even it's moving slowly. Yeah. It is better than it was in the 60s. It is moving slowly forward, yes. We do not yeah. want to paint all doom and gloom. But there are many challenges that have to be addressed and they have to be seen to the to the end. And what's the best thing for the common person like me to do? Right. The, the most important, most important thing I would recommend to anybody, uh, and I like the intergenerational programs. I do a fair number of them with the school boards and high schools and students. Is for the younger to be sensitive to what the seniors have lived through and need, and for the seniors to listen to what the young people are facing. And it's amazing to see uh, how discrimination labeling, images, self-image, uh, all are quite similar on both levels. Uh, like if you watch the commercials, well, take this cream for the wrinkles and take this and you know, lose the weight and you have the body images with the young people. Uh, that's an example. Uh, employment, oh, well, you're too young, you have no experience. Oh, you're too old, you can't keep up or you, you're gonna cost us too much. You know, there's similar things. Uh, be informed, be involved. Uh, we all have skills. They're not the same, and thank goodness they're not the same. Uh, and participate, participate. Stay as active and as involved as you can. If you have mobility issues, there's a lot of organizations that are helping you to learn how to use a computer. There's some that are giving out iPads and that. Uh, is another way to stay connected. And you can do it from your home if you can't go out. Uh, so involvement, participating, and informing yourself. Good. I must say that I really enjoyed watching uh, or reading on the uh, Seniors Action Quebec website. And where I saw you were a founder of this organization, but I really want to give a shout out to the website. It's uh, like the listings of resources and um, 
So one of the things we're trying to do in this series is to educate people about being a senior because it kind of creeps up on you. If you it creeps up on you much faster than you ever imagined. My aunts used to tell me that, and I used to say, "Oh, well, they're they're, yeah, they're <laughs> just saying it." I don't know where the forties, fifties, and sixties went. I really don't. We were too busy. <laughs> well, may, maybe, but you know what? Even during COVID, though, that's the interesting thing. I find that the months and the years are going by, and I'm saying, "How come they're going by so quickly?" Because I'm. I'm not that busy and I'm not out here, there and everywhere, you know, but there's still, we're almost finished another year. Uh, but yes, the website is very good. It has an interactive map uh, because many people may not know we have about, not us, but uh, the province has uh, due to funding from Health Canada to can, uh, Community Health and Social Service Network about 55, 58 NPIs, Network Partner Initiatives. And they are organizations throughout Quebec, English, helping the English community, uh, who offer all kinds of services. They have a whole sector now. They have developed a whole slew, and I don't want to estimate, I'd say at least 30 wellness centers where seniors can go in person and there's chair yoga, there's chair exercise, there's getting together, there's webinars. Uh, there's other organizations that have been around like Townshippers Association and Vision Per Se Gaspé Now, uh, Casa in the Gaspé, uh, in coasters along Blanc-Saint-Blanc, Bécomo Cétil, Jean-Pierre, that have all kinds of services for English community in Utaway and Rouen, Naranda, Valdor. Uh, and adult children may have parents living in these regions. Well, where can they get them service? They click on that map and they'll see, and these organizations can direct them. Uh, and then of course the webinars that I organize of many, many variety of topics. Uh, are all recorded and uploaded on our YouTube channel and also on our face, uh, uh, our website. Uh, so if you can't attend, but you're more than welcome to attend, it's all by Zoom, and just email me and I'll register you. And um, it's recorded and it's uploaded and people can look at it at a later date. And what a lot of the wellness centers and organizations are doing, they're bringing their members together they play it and we have experts that are presenting and then they may find a local expert to supplement and they have a discussion and they have a light lunch soup and a sandwich. Yeah. And it's information, it's sharing and it's social as well. Yeah, yeah, no, it's great. It's great and and badly needed because um, you uh, you don't know what you don't know until you need to know it suddenly. Well, that's and then, it. And I think anybody who's 50-55 should be very involved because whatever they design for the seniors of today is what they're going to be walking into maybe at one point. Yes, true. That's true. Good. Okay. Do you have anything else you want to share with our listeners? Last word. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> I think uh, just make sure that we uh, promote... We spend time on prevention and we prioritize things like housing, uh, fighting poverty, healthcare, 
and the very practical day-to-day -day services that seniors require uh, and ensure that we somehow can always get access to very vital things in our own language. Yeah, yeah. Pranya, do you have any questions for? Not so much a question, but I'm I'm very impressed with the interactive map that you mentioned. I'm looking forward to going on the website and trying that out and just see how it works. I think it's so wonderful that this um, added technology that was not part of my parents when they were seniors. I mean, none of this existed. And it was all word by mouth or getting to the right person at the right time or a lot of hit and miss. And I think that that's one of the things with the technology today is that it really can enlighten people and lead them in good directions. I mean, the rest is human contact, but I'm very, very impressed with all that. Well, you know, it's a lifeline during COVID, you know, Zoom and people that they couldn't get together, even family members. Uh, they would plan like Sunday evening, six o'clock, we're all going to sit down in front of our computers with our supper. We may not be in the same house, but we're all going to have supper together at each other's home. There was a way that you could connect and check with a, a parent and you could see them because by seeing them, you can tell, well, are they doing okay? They don't look so well, uh, you know, a little bit more confusion, whatever. Uh, so it was really a lifeline. And like today, both you ladies, I, I'm meeting you for the first time. So it's another connection. It's an it's another link to somewhere else. You know, through Eric, uh, I've met so many people, uh, which is nothing but a benefit. Yeah. Yeah. It really is. It's great. So I think if I think we've actually come close to our time limit <laughs> it's uh, so wonderful we've been we've been running these um uh podcasts and we've been going on so long and uh, we feel we're losing our audience kind of uh, or it's hard to find an hour to listen to a podcast so we wanted to keep it to about half an hour i think we're pretty close to doing it so thank I, you so much well, it's Thank been you. my pleasure and uh, stay involved, stay well, stay safe, wear the mask. <laughs> Same to you. And good holiday. Good holiday. Well, thank you. A very good holiday to all of you. And uh, let's have some peace and uh, move forward. Okay. Thank